Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. All right, it's uh, Bone and Beam United. We are not united beam is not here this week but that's okay because i found a pretty good replacement host for him this week it is none other than crew goalkeeper matt lampson how you doing buddy i'll be your beam <laughs> oh you'll be, be my beam, beam. Week. yeah, yeah i want beam. you on do i want you on that beam? i don't even know if i like where this is going oh uh, what's up with you buddy how's the quarantine been for you uh a whole lot of isolation uh and i'm pretty good at that so it's been going well um but other than that, you know, uh, I miss playing soccer. I miss uh, hitting the soccer ball around and, and doing soccer shots and soccer saves and things like that, you That's, know? so <laughs> You sound very much like someone who just started playing soccer. Like, I miss the soccer shots and the soccer saves. I miss all it's of, kind of uh It's kind of a running joke for a lot of – I don't know about pro athletes in general, but, but a, lot of, a lot of soccer players will always – talk like that because of exactly what you just pointed out you know it'll be like oh yeah sick sick header shot goal chad you know and you're talking to chad marshall or something like, oh man chad oh. you had a great header shot goal uh today at practice uh or i have a m- nice diving handball stop save matt <laughs> you know things like that yeah i don't i'm guessing that uh you've never encountered that where you've talked to media of any type and they were a little not sure i mean maybe you you maybe didn't get the uh the will chicago fire win the world cup question (laughs) you may not have gotten that one but i'm sure you've dealt with your share of of idiots and i just want to apologize on behalf of the sports media that i am sorry for any of that that's occurred because it it does suck yeah, but you know, it, it, I'm obviously a little bit different of an interview, so uh, I actually have fun with those types of people. And by me having fun, it's kind of mean because I kind of make fun of them, but they don't really get it. Uh, but you know, it happens a lot. It really does happen a lot. So uh, we we do pretty well to put up with it, but uh, for the most part, we let it we let it slide. Well, let me ask, and if it's, if there's not a good answer to this, that's fine. But is there any is there any like YouTube clip or anything that you've encountered over the years? N- not even one that where you got interviewed, although if there is one, that's fine. But is there something that like you guys talk about of like, oh man, have you seen this clip of somebody getting interviewed by an idiot that has made the rounds? Is there anything you can direct us to YouTube wise? Because I mean, we've all seen a few of them that have gone viral. Like Bastion, yeah. like Bastion Schweinsteiger's obviously is right up there. Uh, but like, are there any other ones that you've come across that maybe I've missed? Because I'm always looking for stuff like that. Particular ones, no. But pretty much uh, anything with Jurgen Klopp or uh, Jose Marino is pretty good. <laughs> what do you think? They're, they're almost like our equivalent of like Bill Belichick or uh, someone like that with the media, you know? Yeah, or, uh, right. 
the the coach of the Spurs. I forget his name. Oh, Greg Popovich. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. He's like Pop's a pop great. interview. Yeah, I I'm a big fan of Jurgen Klopp because there are times like I I can't remember what it was, but he was getting interviewed about you know something right before everything shut down, and they're like, "What do you think of coronavirus?" And he's like, "You're asking me a question about a virus. I'm not a doctor. Go ask a doctor. Like I don't. Exactly. He's like, I think what you think. <laughs> Have you read the news? That's what I'm reading. I don't know. And it's it was so refreshing. It's like, yeah." Why would you know? You're just a soccer coach. Good, good. Yeah. Thank you for not trying to add to it. I prefer that he's honest like that because, you know, a lot of people will listen to him, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's – he's. I don't know how you feel about him as far as, like, a coach, I you know, but obviously his talent level that he's achieved through all his years of coaching, he's done a phenomenal job. But, like, he just seems to me like a guy that I would guess most guys would kill for if they – like, if they played for him because he just seems like he has his players back. That's my guess. You you don't get the performances from his teams that he gets without exactly what you just said. Like, uh, you know, if guys didn't want to play for this guy, Dortmund wouldn't have played like they did uh, to get him to Liverpool and things like that. And Liverpool wouldn't be the best team in the world uh, yeah. if if they weren't wanting to die for this guy. Yeah. So I agree with you. He seems like a player's coach. I don't really know much about him. But I love watching his teams play, and I love the way he coaches. Yeah, he he strikes me as a fun guy to hang out with at some point. Exactly. Like, whenever you know the soccer's over, he would be a good interview. I will say, I went to see Liverpool and Manchester United play uh, a couple years ago up in Michigan when they did the you know the international champions tournament. Oh or whatever. yeah. And uh, I ran into a Jurgen Klopp impersonator, or like like, <laughs> and all that was was just a, a guy who had a salt and pepper beard and wore the glasses and like a Liverpool hat. And he was tall and lanky and tan. And I like for half a second, it was like, wait, what, what is he doing out here at this tailgate? But then it, you quickly realized it wasn't, but that's, I'd never seen anything like that at a, you know, anything <laughs> other than an, I've, I've seen it at a couple of NASCAR races. I've seen guys dressed up as drivers, but they usually have helmets on cause you can't really see them. But that was, that was a first at a soccer game. I want a I want a T bone impersonator. I haven't seen well, one of those yet. Dom DeLuise is no longer with us, I don't think. So. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to be able to set that up. But uh, so you're you're doing okay with the isolation. You've you've handled yeah. that for the most part. What's what's training look like for you guys? Because you're still training, right? I mean, you're that's the weirdest thing for me to wrap my brain around for MLS. All the other seasons were either almost to their playoffs or like in soccer at the end of their season. Or it was baseball where they just didn't start yet. But you guys went all through preseason, got right to the part where you would start playing and did start playing. Yeah. And then it got shut down. So what's that been like? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and and the way it happened was weird, too. I mean, we were uh, we were training. We, we get back to uh, we come into the, the, the training facility one day and the news went down that, oh, NBA shut down and. Mm-hmm. We were like, what, what does that mean for us? And we kind of kind of went about our business, uh, finished a training session, and then all of a sudden, boom, shut down, nothing. Uh, and we didn't have anything for quite some time. Obviously, we were doing a ton of work on our own. Uh, and and we're, we're kind of lucky here in Columbus because, you know, there's a lot of open space, a lot of open fields, a lot of tracks uh, that guys can actually get out and do stuff. But uh, in most most markets, it's been really tough for people to do that, um, particularly the big cities. Um, so 
we're kind of lucky here, but uh, just starting last week, we got uh, we got into voluntary individual workouts. Uh, some of the some of the restrictions are kind of silly, but obviously it's it's safety first. Uh, but no no passing with anybody. Uh, got to be six feet apart. So a lot of it is just uh, for guys. It's dribbling around with the ball and passing against boards, and a lot of it's just uh, game type fitness, um, which is a lot different than running around a track. Um, so we've been doing that for about. Uh, a week and a half or so uh we're we're halfway through the the second week and uh i mean you only see two or three other guys each time you go in there uh besides the coaching staff so uh it's weird it's weird you know the, everybody always says it's a it's a new normal so i'm looking forward to get back to group trainings because uh then you you can really get some effective, effective work in, and you get to banter with the boys and stuff like that, which, uh, which we're really looking forward to. But honestly, there's no telling when that's going to happen. It's, it's just massive question marks everywhere. Yeah. That's what I was afraid of. I was wondering how, how you guys are hearing anything going. Uh, so not right at this point, there's nothing new as far as, Oh yeah. In a couple of weeks, we'll be at point X in a couple more weeks. It's point Y. Like, I didn't know if any of the things from I've seen a lot of governors saying, like uh, Governor Cuomo in New York was like, "Hey, we're mm -hmm. we're good," and then Texas and California and a lot of other states starting to say stuff like that. Has that changed anything that you're aware of, at least from from your guys' standpoint? Well, uh, it, it does kind of open up, uh, you know, the the reaction that, oh, well, maybe we can do in market games with fans or without fans. I'm sorry, yeah, um, but it still makes it difficult because. Uh, when you're in a league, everybody kind of has to be on the same level um, or else there's competitive advantage. So places like Montreal, Montreal is still in lockdown. They haven't been able to do a single thing. Oh, and, right. Yeah. Well, you and, get, and that's one of the things that a few other leagues have this too, obviously NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, mm -hmm. but you guys have to deal with whatever's going on in Canada, which is a totally different country. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's not even just another city or state. It's it's a whole other infrastructure and yeah that's that's i didn't even think about that so uh so there are just so many question marks uh and there is there is like a plan in place but the the dates are so fluid because you don't really know what's going to happen with with the virus itself or the governments uh so you know yeah we're in we're in phase one right now which is uh individual workouts and phase two is small group workouts that that are hopefully going to happen within a week or two, but we don't really know. Uh, and there's no real telling until it's, it's okayed. Um, and there's a lot of markets that have, this is kind of the first work that guys have been doing because like I said, they don't have the luxury of, uh, space and availability like, uh, like Columbus does. So, uh, it's, it's constantly ongoing and, uh, but I know, I know guys are really excited to be back on the field and, and just wear your training gear again and, and get back into it. It's, it's a real nice feeling. And, uh, and there is hope on the horizon with, with the possibility of this Disney tournament, but even that, uh, you know, massive question marks. And I can't really get too much into that because, uh, of the players union and the league is, is it's ongoing, uh, with, with them. So, I don't want to talk too much about it, but obviously that's come up and that's a, that's a big possibility. 
Yeah, just from what's in the news, though, just so people who have may not have heard, the, the idea was at least floated in the news, and if there's any of this that's wrong, you can stop me, but there, the talk was that there might be some level of a tournament that happens in the summer with all MLS teams being based in one location, and the location floated was Disney World, and then there would be some kind of a tournament that would be on TV that no fans, but at least everyone would be there. Uh, so anyway, that's that's what you're referencing there. That that does as we've we've seen with, you know, the NBA's talked about something like that. Uh, the NHL is currently working through scenarios too. Everything that well, I've always heard that comes up there is, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for, you know, the 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 thought that we all have of millionaire athletes, like, well, suck it up and go play, right? But there's a lot of guys that would have to leave their families for a couple months or or however long. And so that presents some, I'm sure, logistical challenges and, and certainly makes it tough for guys to, you know, wrap their head around how that's going to work. Even if, like, I know you're a single guy, but still, that would even be weird for you to just be out of your place, your comfort zone where you live for you know, a period of months at a time, let alone if you got a few kids or a wife or whatever else going on. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, people, people quickly, quickly forget that uh, professional athletes are human beings. And I'm not even talking about the, the smack talk and like the the twitter verse and everything like that i'm talking just day-to-day life uh and to ask guys to go for 10 weeks uh without seeing their family at a time like this with kids and everything like that uh and you know the, the league's changed it used to be a lot of americans and a lot of single guys that you know sure they'd go down there it, it might suck for 10 months that you're or 10 weeks that you're really in in massive isolation but you know you can get through it but there are so many international guys that their families are here english is a second language and now they've got kids to watch and the guys now have to leave and it's kind of like all right good good luck wife good luck yeah uh so uh it's there are there are tons of question marks and uh and so many moving parts that need to be answered before uh you know, us as human beings and us as players are going to be like, yeah, this is great. Let's go down there. Uh, so so we don't really know what's going to happen, but uh, it's ongoing, ongoing yeah. with the league. And it's it's good. It's good talk because both both the league and, and the players want to play. You know, that's the biggest thing we want to play and the league wants us to play. Uh, it would be great exposure for the league. Um, and we know that. It's just got to be. It's got to make sense for both sides, and that's the big thing for us. Yeah, go figure. Negotiations are uh, are certainly <laughs> something that, that are important, and and they can't be under. I think sometimes we just all live in the fantasy sports world of, well, this guy wants to play, those owners want to play, uh, done. And it's like <laughs> there's a lot more to it that goes in. You're right. So exactly. Yeah, it's very interesting. I appreciate you letting us know kind of how that's working out. So yeah. Um, how are things progressing with like the, well, I guess I was going to say with the new guys, because I think of you as being like a longtime crew player, but you're a new guy kind of on this team. <laughs> <laughs> so like just in general, you've had that perspective, even though you've been around the club and you've been a part of Columbus for a long time, you're back with a new group, new coach. Um, how, how difficult is that for you coming in as a new player? And then also for some of the other guys who are, you know, like Lucas and, and other guys who are arriving to this country and, it's a whole new ball game. And from that standpoint, how I assume this is making it a lot more difficult to kind of integrate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of what preseason is for. That's when the team gels. Uh, that's, and that's another 10 weeks that you're, 
you're all stuck together. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so right. that we would just be doing that again. But um, it's it's certainly difficult for the foreign guys. Uh, the guys come in uh, that the United States is a brand new experience for them. And they're bringing their families over here. Uh, for me, you know, I've been in the league for damn near 10 years. Uh, so I'm, I'm known within the league. I, everybody on, on every team, you know, knows who I am. So you can kind of integrate into a new team pretty easily. Uh, I will say that was kind of, it, it's kind of awkward and, and nervous the first time it happens. So for me going from Columbus to Chicago, uh, was my first new team. But ever since then, you know, you, you mix in pretty quick. Uh, and, and, you know, most guys aren't pricks. So, you you want to you want to get along with everybody you know uh perfect example is is chris cadden and i hit it off immediately he's he's uh just my scottish flame as as soon as he came in here uh, you know part of it was i had to drive him around everywhere uh, and he was terrified to go everywhere because he would probably get in an accident and drive on the wrong side of the road but love it. Uh, i love it. it it was an honor it was an honor to bring him around and uh and just just making people feel welcome. Uh, Vito is the same way, you know. Uh, we all kind of came in and stayed at the same hotel, so we got to know each other pretty quick. And it's an easy integration when you've got good guys. I will say in the past, you know, you've got players that are assholes and, and you know, it's tough to integrate with a team because they're just like in any other work environment, you know, uh, you don't want a Karen, you know, like, like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Everybody hates the Karen here. But, but, uh, so that, that happens in, in every single job, including professional sports. But, um, for the most part, that's one of the beautiful things about this team that we're on now or that I'm on now is the locker room is fantastic. Uh, the guys are incredible. Um, and, and we've got a special group that, that, with some very good players uh, and it kind of sucks the way the league, the, the way that the season uh, happened this year so far, because I thought we were going to be, uh, we were going to be top of the table pretty soon. So, yeah. uh, but, but that happens and, and, you know, hopefully we can, we can keep uh, the same core guys for next year. Cause it's pretty special. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And that has been a disheartening thing as a crew fan to, Think about man, where would where would you guys have been right now? Would you guys be top, you know, three in the East or, right, or better? Right. I mean, I yeah, I, I do think about that a lot. I also think I'm, I'm writing this down: top five MLS Karens of all time. That's that's a <laughs> that's evergreen content, buddy. And I have to Listen. believe, just going. I know nothing about him personally. As he, I've never met him, obviously, but just I'm going to assume Quatimoc Blanco would have been a top five MLS Karen of all time. Like, I don't know that. I'm just guessing. Maybe he was, like, the greatest teammate ever. But he strikes me as someone who would be getting his latte and complaining about the foam right you off are, the bat. You are biased. And <laughs> I am very biased, so, yes. Rightfully so. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember Andres Mendoza. Oh, do I? Do yeah. I? Did you have a lot of interactions with uh, good old number 10? So, at the time, I was uh, – I was a sophomore or so, or maybe a junior in at Ohio State, and I was training with the first team pretty regularly right. uh, in between classes at Ohio State. Uh, this is before I signed. And <laughs> on more than one occasion, he was choking Justin Miram 
with his bare hands. Um, <laughs> what? So, yeah, what? I mean, well, choking Justin him Miram, with his bare. I mean, I get Justin Miram probably has the propensity for it's getting Justin under Miram. people's skin, yeah. but <laughs> choking him with his bare hands in practice. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of stories with Andres Mendoza, um, and and so you know, players like that. Do you really want to have him over for a barbecue? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some people did. I don't think Justin did. Maybe that's why he got choked is I actually do know that I do know the reason why, but I, I probably can't really say it okay, uh, that's fine. in public, but, uh, but it is Justin Miram. So we keep that in mind, you know? Uh, I, yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I maybe, love Justin, by I, the way. No, I Justin's get it. Maybe, we, maybe we can have Justin on the show and he can, uh, maybe he can tell his own story on that. Cause I would love to hear that, but <laughs> No, man, Andres Mendoza for sure goes down for me just in the the annals of crew history as a guy that, like, he had his moments where I remember it was, I think it was a Champions League game. I think the crew were in CONCACAF Champions League when he played. I want to say there was a moment that he got in, got the ball at the top of the box, and just, like, stopped it with his right, turned on it, banged it home from the top of the 18, and you're like, okay, it was a worm burner, but it got through, and you're like, <laughs> okay, I see it. Like, cause everything else had not been coming together for him. And then he had a moment where I'm like, yeah, okay, he's got something. It'll work out. And then no, never did. He was, yep. uh, <laughs> uh, now that I know he just, he choked Justin Miram. There's so much, there's so many more questions. We, we may have to do an Andres Mendoza specific episode where we just go, <laughs> you give me a list of guys. We'll interview them all and we'll get like the lowdown on yeah, because, you know, Mendoza. like I said, I mean, I wasn't an actual teammate of him at the time, but I could give you three names that will give you all sorts of info and stories about him. Well, you gave me Justin all... Give me Just tell me the other two names. You don't have to tell me their stories, but who are two other guys uh, that I should Josh Williams. To? Josh Williams would have a great one. Oh, all right. Uh, and well, Eric Gehrig. Eric Gehrig, for sure. All right. Well, we, that's. I think that's what we need to do is get all of you guys in a room and just <laughs> – I'll just set the microphone down and let you go because that's great. Um <laughs> Yeah, this is good, man. I'm excited about now. Now that I know that I've got a whole another white whale, this is like I'm like Captain Ahab with Moby Dick. I'm just ready. Like, <laughs> let's go find out what what else I can get out of this story. I'm so excited. All right, um, let's. I, I did want to ask you because I assume did you get a chance to watch any Bundesliga? I'm not asking you for analysis, but like I I did did that kind of make the rounds to a lot of you guys of like, hey, Bundesliga's back. You want to give this a yeah. look, see, and kind of like just check in on, hey, what does it look like for some of us professional soccer players to get back and play even with no fans? Did you give that a look at all? Yeah, and you know, it's it's uh, it's weird. It's weird, and the biggest reason why is you're playing in massive stadiums, uh, you know, just dead empty. And the vibe it gives off is it's exactly what it looks like when we play preseason. Uh, you know, you're playing preseason games with nobody in the stands. It's competitive and you've got full teams going against each other, but there's nobody there. Uh, and it's a really weird vibe. So, you know, you see Dortmund score and they're celebrating, but they don't really know they what to do. Because... Well, yeah, they can't even they can't even go up and like hug each other or you know do all the big team exactly, celebrations right? you usually see. You saw, yeah, Erling Holland had a goal and he just kind of stood there and was like, eh, eh, there you go, yeah, exactly. I scored, and we can't do uh, anything, but hey, I scored. You know, that's uh, of course been good for for Dortmund this year, but yeah, it's the Revier Derby. It's one of the biggest rivalries in all of Europe. 
between yeah. you know Schalke and Dortmund, and I mean Dortmund smoked them, and yep. it was at home, and you heard nothing. And I'm not don't be wrong. I'd rather have that than no soccer. But yeah, it is weird. I, I did enjoy. I wish I understood German and Spanish and all the other languages. <laughs> but like, I really enjoyed hearing the amount of communication on a field. And for those of us that are sitting in the stands all the time, you don't get to hear that. And I think that that is kind of a neat little silver lining to this for us as fans. But yeah, for a player, I got to imagine. I know I've heard so many players talk about how the the crowd fires you up when you're on the road, when you're at home and you see your fans. You know that that too can be motivating. But now there's none Absolutely. of that. It's just, it's just, it's like a. Did, did, I assume it'll feel like a practice, like a like a closed door scrimmage or something. Right, and and you know, like I said, those especially back in the day when we had reserve games. Oh uh, yeah, right. That's exactly what it was. Is uh, the reserve teams would come out and play in the, in the stadium, the the Sunday after the Saturday night game, and it's two pro teams going against each other in an empty stadium, and it's like dead silent. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's weird. It's weird, um, but it's nice to have have soccer back. You know, it's True. it's a good sign. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that that's happening. I hope it means more is going to happen. Uh, a couple yeah. more questions before I let you get out of here. Um, I did see that MLS canceled their All Star game. Uh huh. I am not a fan of the MLS All Star game for reasons we can get into. But I I have I've never talked to any of the guys that I know that have played, and you're you know, one of the guys I know the best who have played in MLS. What do you think of the MLS All-Star game? Just as a concept, I know this year it's not going to happen, but in general, do you like the format of bringing in a foreign team and having them play all of the stars from the MLS, from, no, I almost said it, the MLS from Major, <laughs> <laughs> from Major League Soccer? What do you think of that? Uh, you know, I have been I have been part of All-Star Weekend or uh, MLS All-Star games twice when I played for the MLS uh, homegrown game and we're right there with the all-stars. We, we play the night before against a different team. It's a cool experience. It's a very, very cool experience. Um, and I, I tend to agree with you. I wish they brought it back to the East first West. Uh, right. Just because, you know, as a player, we get bonuses. If you, if you get into the all-star game, and a lot of it now is obviously, you know, uh, Ibra's getting into the All-Star game. Uh, oh, I can tell you, Chicharito, Chicharito getting... made the All-Star game, and they have, they're have they not even going to have it. But, like, right, yeah, right. Javier Hernandez is playing in the All-Star game, even though that's not happening. I mean, uh, Frank Lampard made it one year, and he played zero games. Uh, <laughs> Liam Ridgewell made it one year, and he played zero games. So, so that kind of – it hurts uh, when when – other players see that. I'm not saying I've ever been deserving because I certainly haven't. But, you know, there's players that certainly have been deserving that haven't gotten the opportunity because their name's not big enough. And if you open it up to East versus West, I think it would give more players an opportunity to to get in there and, and make more money for themselves that they've earned. I will tell you, um, my biggest problem with it, and feel free to take this back to the players' union, get them all worked up, and then get it canceled because <laughs> I would love it if that happened. But... My biggest problem is it's like they're saying it's like Don Garber in Major League Soccer is saying 
yeah, 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 we know our guys suck. So we'll get as many of them as we can together, and then we'll play one of the teams in England or one of the teams in Germany or Spain. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on. I like your league. I'm a fan of your league. I don't <laughs> think your guys suck. I think they're good. We all acknowledge that the salaries are different in MLS than they are in England. But but every time you compare the two, like they'll they'll trumpet the win. Like if they beat, you know, Chelsea in an exhibition. They go trumpet that and say, hey, look at that. MLS All-Stars beat Chelsea. And they think that's important. And for me, that's it's like screaming to the the guys who you might be able to convince to watch MLS. But as of right now, they are Euro snobs. It's like you're screaming to them, we are inferior and we get that. And you should never watch our product. And I, it boggles my mind. If you want to build the game here, to me, I would say play your East versus West. Highlight all the stars you have in this league now because you have way more of them than you had even when you started, Matt, 10 years ago. Yeah. Like the, the the star quality has improved in this league. There's a lot more continental stars from, you know, Central America that are now playing here that could easily be playing in other leagues. And mm -hmm. they've chosen to come here. I just I don't know why you highlight that. I know some of that may sound like I'm ripping MLS. I'm not. I'm saying I love MLS. I root for this league. I watch this league constantly. I don't know why they feel like they have to then undercut themselves. And I know it's because you get a bigger TV number if Chelsea's playing anywhere or, you know, if Bayern Munich comes to town. But I don't know. It just it, it always strikes me as, as they're big enough now where they don't have to do that. And I think they it, it would be better now to start highlighting the players in the league as opposed to saying, look at all the guys who won't be playing here. <laughs> look, yeah. look at this team over here that's not playing in any other MLS game. You know, I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, so. and and – I completely understand your perspective. Uh, it's just, that's not the reason why they do it. Uh, it's, it's like what you said, it's numbers, it's eyeballs. It's, you know, when Bayern Munich comes and we play them, it's a big deal, that type of thing. And that's why they do it. It's uh, yeah, I know. It's, I just it's not, but, but I completely understand the, the mindset or the, the way it looks like what you just described. Um, but you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough situation because you want the league to grow. Well, so, and, they, and they, I'm sure they so want Don's it. doing yeah. what he thinks the league is going to grow. Uh, so yeah, it's tough. I mean, would I like to see it go East and West? Absolutely. Because more, more players from the league will be able to get into it and show what they can do and have a good time and, and earn money, uh, which is, which is yeah, important because our, our careers are, are short um and what i really hope they do is bring back all the skills challenges that they used to do because oh god uh, and fun. they they've done those a little bit but uh they've been like fifa centric like they do things that that you do in the fifa video game before you play a game so go back to the old you know hardest shot <laughs> oh, fastest dude. player things like that that's that's class what if they said hey matt you can be a part of the weekend we're gonna have like we're gonna have you come out and you and a few other like like pick some of the nastiest goaltenders in the league the, you know that are that are gonna go after it and go for it and then pick a couple of the toughest like you know midfielders forwards whatever and and then do the old style shootout from midfield that they had in the early, like not in oh, a real game, that. but if you just had that as like a, like we don't have a slam dunk competition, like right, they have the right. NBA all-star game, but we have this 
I think I mean again, I'm sure no one would want to sign up for that because of the risk of injury, but if we could put <laughs> if if somehow we could guarantee at the end of it we could just reset the Xbox and you guys would all be healthy, I would love to watch that. I just uh absolutely agree. And actually like I say, oh yeah, I'd love to see the hardest shot and the fastest player. But every time that uh, MLS posts something like that on Instagram, I'm like, damn, how did this guy's hamstring not just pop off? the? B-? <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking when I watch right, it. Right, yeah. The, the, the fans are like, oh, this is amazing. We got to bring this back. And I'm thinking, wow, my hip flexor's gone just watching this. Like, that yeah. type of thing. You know? That's always the thing that comes out of, you know, I love the idea of the All-Star game and the skills challenges and all that. But if, if like, the crew lost Lucas Zellerayon because he was out there trying to set the record on a radar gun like no I, i'm not up for that um all right so i will i will ask since we're on the topic of just mls things um i've seen this floated about and i'm just curious of your opinion uh there are some people saying well mls is always off the fifa calendar what if now that they may not be starting until like august anyway why don't they just hop on and do the full season that way and just convert over to the FIFA calendar. What do you think of that question? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly been talked about. Um, I don't know the feasibility of it. And, and there's a lot more people smarter than I am particularly because it's all about business. So the commissioner is going to do everything that's going to help MLS as a business help it grow, help it flourish, uh, and improve the league overall. If he thinks that that's what will do it, then I think everybody would probably be all on all board. Um, I do think a lot about, uh, you know, winter in England is one thing, but winter in Minnesota is another. I was just going to say. Winter in Chicago got, is another. You've got experience uh, you know? with winter in Columbus, Chicago, Minnesota. Right, right. So it's a little bit more difficult to pull that off here. It really is. Um, even Montreal, um, I mean, they have an indoor facility, but it's it's brutal to play on. Um, but, you know, uh, just Toronto is another one. You know, you yeah. it's, it's going to be tough to pull that off. Um, yeah, I, I do just wonder because of, of forecast and that's it. But other than that, uh, I wouldn't see too many drawbacks of it. Yeah, that, um, that is the big one, though. And I do think that's the other thing is you've got all these guys that are all these teams that like Columbus, where you look at their perennially their best gates usually come between, you know, May and September. And right. If you cut that out, that that might affect everybody's bottom line a little differently, too. It's a nice idea. But yeah, I I, I think it would be really tough. And I, I think the Euro snob guys who say, Oh, I don't watch MLS. I watch, you know, England or whatever, but if they're on the FIFA calendar, I would definitely buy season tickets. It's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Until it's December and you're in Chicago and you're like, hell no, I'm not going to that game. It's 10 right. degrees out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I played, I played a game in negative 24 in uh, April, I think for <laughs> Minnesota. So oh, that's in April, you know? So I wonder what December and January is going to be like. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah, I can't imagine that would be good. All right, man. Well, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I really appreciate you doing this and uh, giving us some perspective. Uh, la- last question I guess I have for you is, do you ex- do you think that uh, it's likely that we could see MLS back by- before football season? Like, I mean, is, is that is that kind of where your mindset is or, or what is your mindset as you're preparing? What are you telling yourself as you're getting ready? Like, all right, if I keep working – 
by end of July. I hopefully we'll be back to regular schedule of things. Is I mean, what what do you think, just personally in your own head? Yeah, you you said likely. I would not use the word likely. I would certainly say it is a possibility, uh, especially with this uh, the Disney setup because that's how it's going to happen is when it's completely controlled, when there's uh, rampant testing, when everyone involved is isolated and in quarantine and controlled. That's how it's going to happen uh, if it happens. So I would say it's certainly a possibility um, to happen in, in probably July. It, we would, there would actually be games. But we're getting closer and closer to that without uh, coming to a solution. So I don't really know if uh, it likely is a very difficult answer, but possibility, yes. I'd say it's certainly possible to happen uh, before football season. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see, you know, nobody's really said, oh, no, we're not going to have a football season. I know there's a ton of money behind it, so they're going to do everything they can to make it happen. But it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough uh, to make it happen and make it as as normal as possible. Yeah, I think that's every sport right now is trying to exactly. figure out what level of normal can we achieve and what things are we just going to have to part ways with for the, at least this season and say, yeah, you know, like Major League Baseball, we'd love to have 162 games, but if we can get 62 to 100 in, we'll be good with that too. Right. Yeah, Matt, I appreciate it again. Like I said, hopefully if you're up for it, we'd love to have you back more often on the show, Now, that, especially now that you're in town. And uh, Absolutely. You know, once we get some bars fully back open and, and everybody's, you know, kind of back in the swing, we'll uh, maybe we'll go grab beers and go hang out with the peeps and see what's going on. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Uh, I was supposed to go to your Bluestone event, and then that didn't happen. Yeah, that would have um, been a blast. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'd be I'd be absolutely excited to come back. Uh, and uh, and this is a great time, so I'm always here for you. All right. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Next time we'll get into exotic meats. We'll get into mm. um, I don't know maybe <laughs> maybe your favorite donut stop in Ohio. And you got it. Andres Mendoza, Tales of Woe. <laughs> That's never going to – now I'm just going to constantly be hammering you on that. Oh, yeah, and, and Zlatan's statue getting ripped apart. We haven't even – see, there's so many things we didn't even cover, and we've been on the that phone for like an heart. hour. So, <laughs> All right, man, take care, and I appreciate it. Cool, thank you. All right, there you go, Matt Lampson. We appreciate it. And, uh, of course, hopefully we'll get some time to see Matt and the boys in the black and gold get back on the field sooner than later. Keep it here for anything related to updates from soccer. We will uh, be back a little more regularly now uh, in the next few weeks, but uh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Bone & Beam United. If you did, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Giving us a review is a big help for getting other people to find out about the podcast. And, of course, Follow us on Twitter at BoneBeamUnited. More content following there soon. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.